With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of The Beguiled. We all need your help. Quickly, he's losing blood. I pray that the Lord see fit to restore the health of the wounded soldier. We ask for your protection over our school, and we pray that we will be kept from harm throughout the night. Amen. Amen. Seems like the soldier being here is having an effect. If you could have anything in the world, what would it be? To be taken far away from here. We can show him some real southern hospitality. Corporal McBurney's stay here has taught us all a very important lesson. Can I get you anything? The enemy is not what we believe. Hello, everyone. You were just listening to the trailer for The Beguiled, and the story is as follows. An injured Union soldier arrives at an all-female southern boarding school during the Civil War. Soon, sexual tensions lead to dangerous rivalries as the women tend to his wounds and offer him shelter and companionship. It is written and directed by Sofia Coppola, and it stars Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst, and Elle Fanning. Joining me for this review, I have Mr. Josh Williams, everybody. What is going on, everyone? So, Josh, um, I saw this a little while ago. You just saw this last night? Yeah, last night. Okay, so it's a little more fresh probably in your mind than it is mine. But with that said, I mean, the first thing I will start off with is that in revisiting some of Sofia Coppola's movies over the last couple of days, and you wrote a really great piece, by the way, uh, kind of recapping that for our readers, I feel that she has really and truly grown as a visual artist, and that is on full display here in The the Beguile. Do you agree? Oh, totally. Yeah, re- watching it last night after seeing, now having seen every Sofia Coppola film, I was just like, oh my god, this is such, like the next step up for her. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's interesting, too, because in the screenwriting department, I think she's as uh, sharp as ever, and I think that the screenplay here is actually quite good in terms of uh, subtext. It's really good, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, my issue with this movie is stemming more so from misplaced expectations, in terms of like how the trailer is cut and what they make you think the movie's about or not even what they make me think it's about i kind of always knew what it was about my issue stems more so from i was thinking we were going to be getting at some point in the movie some cronenberg uh body horror oh okay yeah and i just thought it was going to be more gruesome and grisly and more disturbing in that respect um and the film kind of never 
got to that point. I mean, there's one part in the movie that is the moment that I think that the trailers are really hyping up and everyone's been waiting for, and it's shown off screen. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of upset. I was like, oh, I wanted to see it. <laughs> you know, and maybe that's just my morbid curiosity. I- I'm not sure, but I feel like this film needed um, that shock factor a little bit more to make it something truly memorable. Because otherwise, it's kind of um, stripped away and stripped down. It's a very, very lean, uh, very tight film. It's only 94 minutes. So I really, really felt that it needed something extra to kind of give it that oomph. Mm-hmm. I think the I think for some people, at least in terms of how um, Coppola directs, her films now that that I have a better understanding. I think that this is more of an approach she would take. So I agree with you on the fact that it definitely needed something to push it over the edge, like with the shock factor, like that would have given it the boost. Because I don't think the movie's like life changing or anything. It's I think it's really good, but it's not life changing in any way. Like it's not um, Virgin Suicides or Lost in Translation, but it is definitely like very strong and very fantastic. And I think if it had like a little bit of extra shock and there was that extra scene that we were all waiting for, that could have put it over the edge because it could have shown just like a little bit more maybe. And it's funny too because this film won Best Director at the Cannes Film Festival for Sofia Coppola and a lot of people were thinking, oh, is this going to be an Oscar play for her as a result? And I just think the film is too understated. Um, when I was hoping that it could get into more campy horror and really embrace some more of the um, edgy ridiculousness, uh-huh. instead what we got was kind of like this really subdued, um, psychologically darkly violent film about like you just throw this quote unquote hunk of a man at these females all ranging at different ages and it's all just about how they all react to him essentially and how he in turn reacts to them it's interesting because there's little there's like tiny little girls that are there like very young girls yeah and they're like very nice to him and he's very nice in return and it, I guess that made me very unsettled and very uncomfortable because <laughs> he was showing affection towards everyone, and I was like, "What are they? What do they want us to infer with this?" Yeah. Because what I am inferring is really, really disturbing. Yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't know where it was gonna go in that, re- in that respect, and obviously, I, I'll just say this right now: it, it, it doesn't. So that's the only uh, that's the only spoiler you're going to get out of me in this review. So nobody worry, there is no uh, child pornography esque yeah, things God. happening in this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But instead, what we do get is we get um, an exploration of the characters of El Fanning, Kirsten Dunst, and Nicole Kidman, and how their characters react to this man coming into their lives. Yeah, it's done so well too. Like. She's clearly mastered like how characters and their psyches interact. Like in that, pro- that's proven even further with this. I think. Oh yeah. Like I was blown away. Every decision, every action, you understand why it's being made. Yeah, I was blown away just like the amount of subtext that's in the movie. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, this is really like deep. <laughs> you know what I didn't expect? I did not expect it to be as funny as it was. It's hilarious in some parts. Oh, yeah, it really is, because... I was cracking up laughing at, like, parts in the end. (laughs) There's something about 
seeing these um, giddy girls like giggle at each other over this man. Yeah. There's something about that that is actually really funny because it's kind of ridiculous. Well, I think it's or like just how silly they take some of the scenarios like or um, how dedicated they are to like teaching the, the younger girls, Nicole Kidman and Kirsten Dunst. And so when they have in the end, when they're, you know, they're sewing again and she's like, make sure you keep the needle in a straight line. Like I busted out laughing. I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was very taken aback by that. I was not expecting that whatsoever. And that was a really uh, nice surprise. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, one, one other thing I want to touch upon, too, in terms of um, things that really uh, pleased me. The cinematography by uh, Philippe Lessard, I think you say. I'm not sure how to say the name. Uh, shot the Grand Master back in 2013. And in this film, what I love that Sophia does and what, and what um, the cinematographer does is I love that they create a look for this movie that is heavily revolved around purple and pink yeah the purple is definitely probably especially like in some of the nighttime scenes oh yeah no and it just helps to give the film a very unique visual look which i don't often see in other films um i don't think i've ever seen a film that looks like the beguiled i don't think i i mean there's the outs the exterior stuff kind of reminds me of um early wave terrence malick but mm-hmm. the um, and then the inside stuff reminded me of uh, Barry Lyndon, with all oh. the ca- with all the candles. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. So when I was watching it, when there's there's a scene where one of the girls is <clears throat> half of her face is lit up, but then she starts lighting the candles and her face slowly becomes entirely lit. I was like, wow, that was fantastic. Oscar worthy. Uh, it's kind of like you said on the main show last week. I think it, since it's so early in the year, it's definitely a contender right now. But as we go further into the year, there's so many other movies that are coming out. I don't know if it will earn a spot. Yeah, I, I keep asking myself, is this like a one nomination film or is this a zero shutout uh, film in terms of the Oscars? Um, it, it certainly feels like it could go either way. Yeah. And I was kind of like thinking to myself, what is the one nomination that the film could possibly get? And it was like, all right, maybe cinematography. And maybe costume design. But the costumes are kind of subdued as well. They're not really as intricate as the Academy usually goes for. So I can see you going for costume and production design, too, if it gets anything. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I'm not... A, uh, you think production design, really? It's gorgeous. Everything about it is... If everything down to, like, when they're pouring tea. Like, the thing that holds the tea, the pitcher, is gorgeous. Like, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> see, now, I wasn't really that impressed by the production design here, but that's interesting. I was just so impressed at how accurate, like, the time is. Because, like, obviously a period piece has to be accurate. But for some reason, this felt more nuanced in terms of the period. Sure, sure. Uh, performance. Who gives the best performance in the movie for you? Uh, uh, Nicole Kidman. Interesting. Why is that now? She's just dynamite as like the leader, but she's like constantly keeps control without like flipping, losing her shit. Like, yeah. But she's so like terrifying at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that is true. There is um, a dark quality about her that is um, that that actually stems more so from wanting to protect these women. Yeah. You know. Um, I really love that they draw this line where they're they're part of the South. This takes place during the Civil War. He is uh, fighting for the North, obviously. And he's their enemy, both in war and in life. I like that part of it. And I like how Nicole Kidman, being the seasoned uh, veteran, so to speak, of the group, 
is very overly protective of all of these girls. Um, Kirsten Dunst is at a point where she's like between the age of Elle Fanning and Nicole Kim, and she's just, uh, to quote Tommy Vaiso, she's fed up with this world, and <laughs> she wants nothing more than to break away. So when this guy comes along and kind of gives her an option to do so, she's all about it. And Elle Fanning is, um, you know, in that stage where, man, she just wants to fuck. <laughs> For lack of a better word, she's so horny. It's ridiculous. The only thing that, the only thing that slightly rubs me the wrong way with the movie in terms of the subtext, um, is that I can't. Elle Fanning is such like a mysterious creature to me because I'm like, huh? I don't know how old you are. Like when in the movie and like in real life, like I don't know how old she is. Yeah. So, so yeah. when I look at her in the film, like because she has such a younger appearance that I'm like, I, it, this is nervous, this is nervous to me, like, <laughs> the things you're doing, because you don't look old enough to be doing this. Well, she's 19. Yeah, my assumption is that she's, like, around 20 years old. Yeah. She's 19, and she's, uh, she's of the legal age, so it's not, yeah. you know. I was just, that was the, it's just because she looks so young, like, it didn't, once I, as it kept going, I was like, okay, you know, I accepted it more, but at first I was just like, it's only because you look so young, I can't really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she continues to impress with every single performance. Oh, she's fantastic. I, I mean, she, to me, is an actress that, at this point, if she's in a movie, she elevates that movie for me. Yeah, I will see a movie just because she's in it now. Mm-hmm. Like, if she's in the movie, I will, like, yep, I want to see it. I think she finally uh, did that for me last year with, um, what was that movie, uh, Live By Night, the Ben Affleck film. Mm, I don't know about that. I think you were well, she was it. She was the best part of the movie for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... I was thinking 20th Century Women. She's fantastic in 20th Century Women. She is great in that, too. I mean, she was great in Neon Demon. She yeah. is excellent in this. She is growing into becoming one of our, like, great actresses, and she's only 19 years old. Yeah, she's fantastic. What'd you think of Colin Farrell? I think it's a good, it's one of his best in a little while. You think so? Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't remember a recent Colin Farrell performance that I've been like, wow, that was really good. You know, he's dashing, he's handsome, he's charming. I think he it's the has, accent. You think he's so? got the accent, yeah. That's what the yeah. says, my lady. I'm just like, oh, okay. Yep, that's, yeah. what, gets, that's, what, get, that's what wins me over. <laughs> you know, he's the kind of guy that, like, as soon as he gets rid of the beard in this film and, you know, he's outside working, sweating and everything, it's like Sofia Coppola shoots him in a way that just makes him just to be out to be, like, just such a desirable guy, you know, to yeah. these women. I found myself swooning over him when he was gardening. Like, oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so it's very easy to see how these women would just be so drawn to him and so you know uh, he's mysterious too that's the other part about it i mean he's somebody that they're not supposed to necessarily be affiliating with and there's kind of a dangerous side to that and you know it's like you know do you want to come take a walk on the wild side with me uh, my lady <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's it's very interesting to see how these women are like tempted by all of this and yet lurking deep beneath is just this very primal um very upsetting and very disturbing um desire to i mean it man you know i'm trying to i'm trying to find the right way to like say this because it's one thing that if he just desired one of them but the fact that he kind of views it as, I'm the only man here. <laughs> yeah, I've got no competition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of women here with a lot of options. And it's just like, I'm going to just test these waters out with everybody. 
there's something wrong with that. Yeah, that's that's his. That's where the immoral comes into play when he feels like he can obviously mess around with multiple of the women. And you know, he has a very sweet relationship with uh, Kirsten Dunst's character that I actually bought into, and I thought it was genuine, and I thought it was really sweet. Yeah, me too. And so did she. <laughs> you know, she's all like, my God, he's the answer to all my dreams. Take me far away from here. I love you. Oh, my gosh. You're like, this is amazing. And fucking El Fanning. And then just, he gives into temptation. Yeah. And and then also there's that um, scene where, I mean, he kind of puts the moves on Nicole Kidman. And Nicole's just like, is this happening? Is this going to really happen? And yeah. She almost puts, the, and she gets ready to put the moves back, but then they get interrupted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> two sex machina just yeah. pops out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's it's very interesting to see, like I said, just how they all handle the situation the way that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end of the film, it's pretty clear, cut and dry that this man is the enemy, and they need to protect their own. Yeah, and it's all really, really great material for Sofia Coppola to bring to the screen. It's all excellent. I just wish it went a little bit further. Fair enough. I'm satisfied with my viewing. I was I was satisfied at the end. I was like, All okay, right. cool. Well, that's good. The only thing I didn't, the only thing that bought, and it didn't really bother me because it didn't hinder my viewing at all, was just that, um, the, because I, I can totally see how audience, how the general audience might not enjoy it. Because mm. even though I love it and a lot of other people love it, thinking objectively as like a general audience member, it's very boring. Yeah. Because it's just yeah. everybody chatting about what's going on in the house. Yep. <laughs> and then there's like a 20-minute gardening sequence. So, you know, it's like, you know, no, there's people that won't care about what's going on. No, not at all. This movie lacks a lot of excitement. <laughs> yeah, which is fun. I mean, I don't mind. I like the before movies. Like, the before movies aren't exciting. But it's so – so I think it's just hard that – I don't think it will appeal to the general audience. But I hope that it's strong enough to carry its way to at least a couple Oscar nominations because the movie is very good. I mean, but the marketing is killing this this film. No, I mean, yeah, You want to yeah. talk, talk about It Comes at Night marketing. This yeah. movie is getting just absolutely massacred in how they're presenting it to, yeah. to audiences. and audiences are not going to get what they want because I, pr- I was surprised at how filled the theater was when i walked in oh yeah like the, my theater was full well the marketing has been good you know it's been effective. i was just surprised i was like wow because <laughs> baby driver opens this week so i was like there's there's many people seeing this like that's amazing well i mean you want to i mean you if you want to look at it this way i mean a lot of guys are going to go see baby driver a lot of women enough, are going to want to go see this it was, it, it was just, I think it's because the way the marketing made me feel was that when he comes in, they turn on him because right. he's, you know, being on temptation and, you know, they, he's trying to have sex with all these women and he's trying to, you know, per- commit adultery and all this stuff. And they, so they turn on him because of it. So, you know, what would be like the normal way to take this? The normal way to take this would be, it's like, it's like get out. Right, mm-hmm. you, and it's like this. This guy is trapped. He's trying to contend with all these women, and the movie kind of goes into real like horror sensibilities where he needs to get out of this house, and they're not going to let him leave, and they're all evil, and we're seeing this all through his perspective. That's that's not that's the case. N- no, not the case at all. <laughs> no, no. It instead it's flipped and it's reversed. Where these women, instead of trying to get out, they're start they're trying to stay. And they're trying to get him to leave. Yeah. And it's just him versus them, and we're seeing it through their perspective. 
it's very interesting, and I like it. I I really felt that, like I said, as a storyteller, I think Sofia Coppola is on fire in this. And I think that in terms of the text that she had to work with and what she was trying to do, she does succeed at it. I just wish the film was a bit more exciting in terms of its set pieces. That's all. Fair enough. But, I mean, you know, you hear you hear the concept like that, and you immediately think to yourself, if this was like a, your standard run-of-the-mill uh, gothic horror film, seeing it through the male perspective is exactly what would happen in a Hollywood-ized uh, uh, version of this. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, And just, it's so stunning to look at. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let's get into uh, any final thoughts. Uh, great out of 10, Oscar potential. Um, take it away. Um, final thoughts. I, it's If you're a film fan, it's such a great like film nerd movie, especially mm-hmm. if you know, especially if you have like a little, like, the deeper film nerd knowledge because there's a scene and i i might be wrong but there's a scene where i think they film flash okay and so they what that if you don't know what that is that's for everybody that's um when you shoot on film you expose the film strip to light so that it when you're filming it brings this effect of like a white light comes over the shot and so there's a scene where like this white light just like comes over a couple of the shots and so i was like are they film flashing or is it, are they just like reflecting light? But it didn't look like they were reflecting it. It looked like they film flashed it. So I was like giddy in my seat with the person next to me like, Oh my God, I can't believe the film flashes. This is amazing. So if you're a film <laughs> fan and you have like very deep film knowledge, this would be a very fun film to watch. Cause there's so much subtext and there's so much deeper metaphorical things going on. It's absolutely stunning to look at shot on film. Um, I think in terms of enjoyment, it's not my favorite Coppola film because obviously Lost in Translation is a gem and will forever be a gem. But in terms of her, I think this is her best movie. Yeah. Directorially, this she just like like she has the set the giant set piece. She has the glorious ensemble cast and directs all of them to wonderful performances. Even the younger women do very very well. Um, everything about it it's got all the trademarks of the coppola stuff it's stunning to look at the characters are interesting and interact well and of course the screenplay is fantastic a grade out of 10 i'll give it do we count this as a drama then out of 10 um yeah i am okay i'm gonna give it an eight. Ooh, i really nice. like i really really liked it it's not it's not life-changing or masterpiece but definitely like i would it's maybe a masterpiece but it's i didn't it didn't change my life, but I really, really enjoyed it. All right. And then Oscar potential. I think if it gets a hard enough push and if the field is weak enough, I think it could get an adapted screenplay nomination, maybe. Oh, see, now that would be interesting. And then um, I'm hoping costume and production. And then cinematography, obviously, if they need, like, another fifth spot. Mm, okay, so you're you're definitely a lot more higher on this than I am. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm being a lot more reserved and understated, much like the film in many ways. <laughs> I want I want Kidman and Kirsten to get a push, too, but I don't think they will. No, it's it's not. I will say this, though, in regards to the cast. It's the best ensemble I think I've seen this year so far. I agree. Yeah, I think everybody's on fire. Everybody's serviceable. Nobody outshines each other. And I think they all just do their roles very, very well. Even the younger kids, like uh, Angori Rice. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, they're all phenomenal in this. And so, I mean, as far as ensembles go, I would love to see this get a SAG Ensemble nomination. Yeah, me too. Uh, the film is uh, based off of, um, it's like a, it's based off of a book, but yeah, it's, it's a remake of, yeah, it's a remake of a film that Clint Eastwood did back in the 70s. And, um, 
I could totally see why Sofia Coppola wanted to make this. I could totally see it having her uh, style, both in terms of screenwriting and also a, a, a maturation of her style as a filmmaker. Um, it's shot beautifully well. It's very, very intricate in terms of its production design, you know, really evoking that gothic horror sensibility. And I really think the way that she directs her actors is extraordinary in terms of just the simmering tension that is boiling underneath these sexual attractions that these characters have towards one another. It's really fascinating to watch. With that said, I was hoping for a bit more. I was a bit let down. I think audiences are going to be let down. And as a result, my grade is reflecting that. I'm giving this a 7 out of 10. Now... In terms of Oscar potential, I had mentioned before, I see this being a, either a one nomination or a zero uh, nomination morning for it. So I'd love to see the cinematography get in because I highly doubt I'll see anything that's shot like this throughout the entire year. Uh, adapted screenplay is interesting because they have rewarded Sophia before as a writer. She has won the Oscar for original screenplay for Lost in Translation. So it's very possible she could be back if the field is weak. And I could see that maybe being the one nomination. But I think the costumes are too understated. I think the production design is probably too understated. The score was not really memorable. I cannot see where else this film could contend. So I think it's a one or done. Yeah, it's definitely, it's not flashy in any way. Like everything is very kept under wraps. (laughs) And that's like, you know, like I said, it's a little slightly disappointing because this was one of my uh, more anticipated films of this year and even though I got you know good things out of it it's not a bad movie by any means I I, 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 just, I just think what if yeah you want a Coppola to take a little stroll down the Cronenberg trail yeah I did I did because <laughs> I just think it would have been a lot more fun you know mm-hmm. and it would have been a lot more memorable and it really would have stuck, stuck out to me a, a bit more as is it's very, very uh, well done, well intentioned, well executed film for what it is. Yeah, I agree. But what it is, audiences may not take to. Yep. You gotta be a big film nerd to like it. <laughs> yeah, you really do. You really, truly do. All right, Josh, where can I find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Williams09. And you can find me at Next Best Picture on Twitter, or you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. I mean, like, you know, we're everywhere. You can subscribe to the next Best Picture Podcast, though, on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, and Player FM. We also would really love a review from all of you on iTunes. I mean, it'd be a big help to just know the general feedback. How are we doing? How are Josh and I doing with these reviews? Let us know. And by by golly, I mean, it would just make our day. We'll even say it on air. How's that sound, Josh? We'll we'll read it out loud. We'll give you a shout out if you want. Yeah, I agree. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, we'll do just that. So thank you very much for listening. As always, you guys are absolutely the best. And we will see you all. When are we going to see them all, Josh? Next time. Next week. Next time. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.